men and women are foregoing the 9 till 5 jobs introduced during the industrial age as they embrace new technologies within the digital revolution. And these two chaps are here to help. Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, the show about mindfulness and entrepreneurship in the digital economy. With your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Welcome to your weekly dose of the Powerful Nonsense. Hello, everybody. I'm Wayne Ingram. I'm Jem Yildiz. And we are here to fill your ear holes with great wisdom. Nothing else. Nothing else, <laughs> just wisdom. <laughs> So it's miserable outside and I'm having to wear sunglasses today because Jem's teeth are blinding me. What can I say? The showbiz has got to me. <laughs> Jem's whitening his teeth now, guys. He's become too successful. Too successful. Now I'm moving on. <laughs> no, not really. He's got like the Peter Jones pearly whites going on. It's because I'm getting my teeth straightened and then part of the um, package comes with a bit of teeth whining. I was like, oh, really? I don't think I need it. But they were like, go on, give it a go. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> give us all that. But I don't know why I'm mocking you. I've actually been thinking about whitening my teeth as well lately. Now I feel like I need to like add like a massive cheesy grin to the website somewhere. But... <laughs> <Ding>! <laughs> but we're not here today to talk about teeth. Nope. But we are here to talk about showbiz-ish. Yes, we are, actually. Did you like good that? Good segue. I know. I'm Usually it's me with the segues, but but that was good. Yeah, your cheesiness <laughs> is rubbing off on me. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound <laughs> Anyway. Oh, that was so, such a poor choice of words. <laughs> yeah. But um, we are here talking to Femi Oyenaran today. That was a great way to say surname because we did practice. We did practice. Sorry, Femi, but we did have you said as you will hear in the interview. He said it so quick. I was like, damn, I don't know. I we had, we had to YouTube it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Femi, if you don't know, is a star of uh, which one was it? Kiddlehood or adulthood? Kiddlehood, adulthood, anotherhood. Oh, was he in all? Not anotherhood. Is yeah, it anotherhood? Yeah, anotherhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Was he in all, all of them? Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, there you go. Um, but he's kindly agreed to do an interview with us. And we're going to split this one into two parts because it's so damn good. Plus, we just want to be teasers, basically. Yeah, right. Um, so this week is part one. And then next week we will be releasing part two. Um, for all the actors out there, my fellow peeps. Wayne, have you covered? We got you covered. And it's a good one. Great pearls of wisdom. I don't think I want to say any more because I don't want to give away too much. It was a great interview. I'm super pumped for you guys to hear this. All I want to say is that, yeah, he's an actor, but he talks about a lot of different oh, things. Yeah, this isn't just for actors by any stretch of the imagination. He talks about a lot of stuff and there's a lot of things that you can learn from him um, if you're not an actor as well. But for actors, you're going to love this one as well. So here it is, Femi. Okay, Femi, welcome to Powerful Nonsense. Thank you for having me, guys. No problem. Um, so, first of all, could you tell everyone what you do in a sentence or two? Wow, uh, my name's Familia Newman. I'm an actor, filmmaker. I'm based in London. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. And so, how did you get into acting in the first place? Um, when I was 17, I went to an open audition at my college. Um, so, Noel Clark, who wrote the film Kid Altered, um, he was looking for talent from 
is an old college. So he went to a college called St. Charles Catholic Sixth Form College in Labrock Grove, which I went to also. And so he came back 10 years after he'd left to audition people. And um, I was one of the people that they found at the college. After several auditions, I basically um, got the part. After several auditions and and a year, I got the part. A year? How come it was so long? Um, so what happens is they sort of um, they they didn't get they didn't get the money to make the film the first time round, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, they they just didn't get the money to make the right. film the first time round. So they made me re audition a year later. Mm-hmm. Basically, so. I bet whoever uh, didn't fund that the first time round is kicking themselves now. It's Channel Four. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> oh wow! wow that's, that's really their market, though. Yeah, it's weird. Well, it is now. They probably back well, then yeah. were thinking it's a bit of a risk, but yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, what made you actually go to that audition? Because I know, like I was saying to Wayne earlier, like we've always heard of those sort of things popping up while you're in school, or like modelling contests, or I don't know these these you know different things was, you can go to. The truth. Um, I didn't even know about it. Everyone, um, I started college late that day. I don't know if they still do that at college, but there are some days where you, you basically start late. Mm-hmm. And so I started college late um, that day. And basically everyone else from my college was was um, in my drama room. Which I I did drama at college anyway, so like everyone else at college were in the drama. They were all in the drama room, and I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> so there's an audition for a film, and I was thinking, I thought I was one of the most popular kids in college, like. <laughs> but no one, no one told me. And um, anyway, I was like, "Okay, good luck, everyone." And I was leaving, and then I bumped into No Clark, and who wrote Kid Out, and said, um, he my teacher introduced me to him, and No. I was like, okay, so you're an actor. So what have you been in? And I think at the time he was in Alvinda and Pet. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Well done. Like, um, <laughs> See are you, you making I'm money? Going home. <laughs> do you make money? Yeah, I didn't care, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. Do you make money from, from acting? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. I was like, okay, cool. Um all right, I'll see you later. And he was like, oh. And the teacher was like, Femi, you should stay, stay. And I was like, no, no, I really just want to go home. And then <laughs> no, Locke was like, stay, you should stay. If you're good, like, we'll give you a part. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So I stayed. I found it really long because they got everyone to do improv sessions. It was just, like, long-winded. But, you know, eventually I got through to the next rounds of audition and the rest is history pretty much yeah and now you're kind of part of one of the most successful British films in recent years yeah and, want, and do want... you think um, a lot of people miss out on opportunities like that because of that very same kind of thing that you nearly did which was just like yeah but it's a lot of work yeah, but you, just ne- you just never know this right. is the weird thing because sometimes you know you go to things and really it's not worth your time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then other times, you know, you go to things like I always tell people the way I got into the industry, it's not an archetype. It's not a prototype. You shouldn't use that as a model to try to get into the industry because mm-hmm. realistically, that's not how the industry works mm-hmm. in the real world. But, you know, I got into it by chance. I was really lucky. I was the right place, right time, right person. And, you know, I'd, you know, so maybe if I didn't speak to No Clark, I would have just gone home that day. And, yeah. you know, I didn't even know who he was, but... 
at that time he'd been on Doctor Who, he'd been mm. all over TV at that time, but I just didn't know who he was. So yeah. I was a bit, I was, I was just more interested because I went to college in West London, mm-hmm. and um, I lived in North London. So I don't, I didn't really back like you know when you're young, you don't really like hanging around in other people's areas and stuff. Yeah. But I just went to college, went home, went to college, went home. I didn't really hang around college, mm-hmm. so I just wanted to go home, but. I would say, like, if you're trying to break into the industry, you have to be at all of these things. If you're a young person trying to go into film or TV or Mm. whatever and you hear about an opportunity like this, you have to go, even if it's a joke, because you never know which one's going to be real. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if uh, Gem's told you, but I'm an actor as well. Um... Baby. (laughs) (laughs) What was that, sorry? I said, yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Representing. Um, And I actually went to a a similar thing, which was just a a workshop with a casting director that my agent was like, I think you should go to this. I'll I'll pay for you to go, which was nice of her. Um, And that then turned into an audition for a film. And now I've actually got a really good relationship with this casting director. Um, And I think, as you say, like, I think it's so key particularly when you're starting off in any industry and particularly creative industries i think just kind of open yourself up to as many opportunities as as you can because you never know just like with yourself like where that could potentially lead and i mean that's pretty much set you up for a a pretty strong career now yeah so when you um obviously you said you was doing drama at school was it was there always in the back of your mind like the the wish or the dream to be an actor or was it kind of just like I know I did drama at GCSEs as sort of like a oh, something to pass time I didn't see it as a viable career mm-hmm. you know even till today I still wonder whether it's a viable career <laughs> <laughs> me too mate <laughs> yeah like, you know I didn't see it as a viable career like you know and so I was always gonna I was always I I. You know, I was one of the, I felt I was one of the cool kids in school and college. But then at the same time, I was always one of the kids that, um, I was always one of those kids that went to, that did well in school as well. So I got really good GCSEs and A-levels and so on and so forth. And so I was always going to go to university. I was always going to go on to do other stuff, basically, just because I didn't really see it as a viable career. I mean, I suppose until I met No Clock, I didn't know you could really make money from doing it. Like, you know, and he was, he said he made money from doing it and I still really didn't believe him. Mm. And and so... um. I didn't see it as a viable career. It wasn't like I wasn't interested, but I just, because I didn't see it as a viable career and there was no one around me that was an actor. Right. There was, I'd never, I'd never met an actor before I met Noel Clark. I mean, I'd been to see plays and watch actors in plays and I'd seen actors on from TV in real life, but I didn't really, you know, know any actors. So there was mm. no, there was nothing for me to cling on to. So it was very difficult as a young person to say that's what I'm going to be I think now it's more in your face all of these things are more in your face because of um, because of social media yeah but before and and you know all stars are a lot more reachable you can follow your favourite actor you can you know you can like their pictures you can do you know what I mean you can feel mm. connected to them but to be honest I, I didn't see it as a viable career as a young person. Yeah, and I think you raised an interesting point actually there about like social media and the fact that um, 
you know, successful actors and creatives are so in your face now. Do you think that that's actually what's causing such an influx of actors and to create the sort of saturated market that we've got? And do you think it's a, a bad thing or do you think it's a good thing? I think it's good on one level. It's good if it's um, it's good because there's a lower level of entry into the industry, mm-hmm. and it's bad because you get poor quality content. Right. And people don't really learn the craft. And I'm not saying I learned the craft. I mean, I went to an open audition. But I just feel like people are even a lot less experienced than me. You know, anyone yeah. with a camera or with a friend with a camera can say they're an actor now. So mm-hmm. there's a... there's. Whereas when I started acting, I went on a set with about 30 people and I had to learn about marks. I had to learn about mm-hmm. being on a set. I had to learn about takes and I had to learn what to do what not to do you know what I mean yeah but like you know young actors now are not really getting that training they're just going they're filming stuff with their friends and then they're saying they're they're actors yeah and so it's it makes it there's a lower level of entry and it's it's then harder to make money Mm. from the industry um and it's always been hard to make money from the industry because there's never enough work for anyone like you know so I think I think it's got pros and cons. It's the pros of, uh, of it is that you know you can enter into industry the industry a lot more easily now. Mm-hmm. The cons, the main con is that you know you it's um it's um it's harder to monetize your work yeah because of YouTube because of the fact that there's so many people and also it's um it's harder to to be to make the transition from just acting to being a professional actor because a lot of people do all these cheap short films and like that are not going anywhere but really and truly when like it's not going to get you that next big series and so it's hard there's pros and cons to everything but i think to, to be honest generally speaking i think it's a good thing i think it shouldn't just be for the elite i, I think i think you know the more the more competition the better mm-hmm you mentioned that um, he was like a really um, well-graded student at school. And then um, what were your parents saying when they knew that you was going forward for this film? Were they kind of like against you kind of getting into acting? They were a bit worried. They didn't really you. know I auditioned for the film. It was, so, it was so not a big deal. Like, you know, right. you, know like, you know, like it was like when I was auditioning, it wasn't like I make, made a big, I just didn't care. It was just something to do. You know, it wasn't, it just wasn't a big deal. So it until I started doing it, I don't think my parents knew, like, because I didn't really tell them because it was like the auditions were after college. So I just went after college. It was just, you know, I was at that age where I think I was 17 going on 18. Mm-hmm. So I was at that age where I didn't really, my parents didn't really know everywhere that I was going on. It wasn't, I wasn't really excited. Right. I wasn't really excited about auditioning. Right. Because I didn't really know how much of a big deal it was at the time if you get what I mean. So mm-hmm. I wasn't... Yeah, I just wasn't excited. And what happened when then sort of shit got real when you was on set? And then what was your parents sort of saying? Do you know then? what? Even then, my mum didn't really notice. She just said to me, make sure that you do well in your... Don't make sure it doesn't affect your education. That was it. Right. Were, they ever, were they ever sort of against you sort of going for creative pursuits? Because, I mean, we... No. Do you know what? The weirdest thing, my mum's... My mum's always been very supportive because I've always... I've always done well, like, you know, I've always 
got good grades. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I, I got good grades at GCSEs, A-levels. I went to, like, went to the London School of Economics. So, like, I went to a good uni. I got into a good uni. So, it wasn't like I was not doing well, mm-hmm. like, you know, in my parents' way. Mm-hmm. So, I was doing well in their way, if you get what I mean. I was doing, I was doing well... To, to cover their bases. <laughs> yeah, and to cover my bases because, like like I said, I didn't see it as a viable career. Yeah. So I understand so, that you got a, a law degree. Is that right? Yeah. And and Jen was telling me that you took a gap year whilst you were doing that degree to pursue acting. I didn't. I took a gap year after. After. Oh, right. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I took a gap year. So it wasn't really a gap year. It was just a... <laughs> right. It was just a gap um, life. It stops your friends remember. asking you questions about what you're doing. Do you know what it is? Like, I, I left uni and adulthood was coming out a week after I finished uni. And I right. was like, I was like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bought yourself a big wallet. No, I just said, like, you know, this is God, God, this is a sign from God. Like, you know, I'm I'm just, um, I'm finishing off a film. I'm finishing off with the films coming out. And not only is the film coming out, I'm also going to be in, um, I'm, I'm also going to be, like, I've finished uni, so I've got my degree. Like, I'm going to be in a film, and then from there, I'm going to be a superstar, but it didn't really work <laughs> out that way. So tell us about what happened on that gap year then. So you're like, yes, you've come out, the film's come out, you're waiting for your phone to ring, I'm yeah. guessing, by all the agents. Yeah, I was waiting for my phone to ring every day, it just didn't. <laughs> and, and were you were you being, um, as, as you know, actor, were you being quite proactive during that year or was it kind of just no, expecting no, the cards to fall? No, like at the time, you know, as in, like, back then, in 2008, there wasn't really much you could do as an actor mm-hmm. to get yourself work. Now, you can go on, like, Casting Call Pro, you can do all of... These things are massive now. But you have to remember, like, you know, in 2008, these things weren't massive. Yeah. I don't even know if Twitter was around in 2008. I think it launched 2007, I think, so it was still quite new. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you have to remember, like, all of... There was not much I could do, so I was just waiting for my agent to get me auditions. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So what was going through your head at that time when, like, nothing was happening? I was nervous because my phone wasn't ringing and every time my phone rang, I, I was praying it was my agent, but it wasn't most of the time. And whenever she did call me, it was about renewing your spotlight or something. It was always about other stuff, so... It wasn't... It wasn't, um... It wasn't a good time in my life, actually. I didn't really like it. And then I went I went to Edinburgh um, um, Festival. Yeah. And that was the worst thing at the time for me. It was the worst thing for me at the time. Why, why is it so bad? It's not bad. It was just the worst because I thought... I thought I was a, a different... I thought... So, you know, I was... Just to put it in context, I was in a film that was the highest... Grossing one of the highest grossing films in the UK mm-hmm. at the time. No, it was number one in the box office. And mm-hmm. in that week, I was going to Edinburgh to perform in a fringe play. Right. And I was flyering people to come and watch my play. It was the worst thing. Like, it was kind of a crash down back to reality kind yeah, of Yeah, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm being honest. I'm just being frankly yeah. honest. I absolutely hated it. And I, I was going as far as say, I was depressed. Really? Why? Why? Why were you because, so you know, affected? It, like, dude, you've just been in a film that's made three point two million in the box office, and then you're flyering on the Royal <laughs> Mile for people to come watch your play. 
yeah I the guess funny so. thing is i guess a lot of people especially young people have that same thing like they hope that once they get that big break like everything's sorted but they don't really kind of realize that actually that's when probably most of the shit hits the fan like dude i was young then as well it wasn't like i was 21 like i just come out of uni like things have been going my way and then out of nowhere like you know and and did you get your you mentioned your agent? Did you get your agent um, through the film straight away? So or? they passed the director of Kid Right. Um, got me that agent. Oh basically. great! I didn't really. I, people always ask me, "How do I get an agent?" I'm like, I don't know because I'm never really <laughs> had to look for one. I've never really had to look for one, yeah. and people always think I'm lying to them. Like, how'd you get in the industry? I don't really know because I went to an open audition. How'd you get an agent? Oh, I don't know because someone just gave me a list of agents. Don't lie. Tell us your secrets. <laughs> there is no secrets. Like, you know. <laughs> so, like, people gave me a list of agents. Mm-hmm. And um, my, the casting actor gave me a list of agents. And um, essentially, I went to see them and I just picked one. Mm-hmm. And so in that year off, I, I also read somewhere, I don't know if it was in the same year, but you did you get a temp job? No, that was... I see, I yes, I did. Yes, I did. I did. I did. See, I did. I'm telling you what you're doing with your life. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? But yeah, um, you, so you got a temp job, but I hear it didn't go so well. It was okay. Like, you know, I got a temp job at the... At the it went okay. I just, I just left. <laughs> was it so was that sort of like a uh, a reality of okay if i'm not the superstar maybe i'll go get the j- job that everybody else is doing i'll just see maybe can i have my- no i just needed money <laughs> like i just needed money like you know at the time i just thought i mean i needed money so i got a job as um i got a job at the uk border agency in their office in angel and i was just moving files around all day it was so boring <laughs> I was so I was sort of like if I'm gonna do this, I can't do this. So I I (laughs) I left and did a short film a week later. So wow, okay. So So how long did you only lasted a week? No, I was there for a while. I was there for like two months. Ah, Okay, okay. Yeah, that is is a while in a job you hate. Yeah, exactly. No, I was there for about. I was there over Christmas. I was there. It wasn't like I hated it. Like, but. And then the people were complaining that I was using my phone. They would have kicked me out if I didn't leave anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what would you say, because obviously you, you had that kind of crash back down to reality after you are in this hugely successful film. Mm. What would you say to uh, the actor, the creative, anyone really that's kind of waiting on that, that, that break you know what it is i just say you, you need to be more proactive i think ever ever since like you know take for instance like in 2010 i was working on a film called Anotherhood, and i was on a set and I, as i was making that film i said you know i'm gonna write my own film mm-hmm. and after Anotherhood comes out you know if at that stage i'd been in like kidhood and adulthood which were successful films I did Anotherhood, and obviously I was anticipating that being a successful film as well, just mm-hmm. because I've had so like I've only been in successful films, right? Right. And yeah. so I was like, if this film's going to be successful, then I'm going to make my own film. And I started working on my own script in anticipation of the film coming out. And then when the film came out, I was out in Soho pitching it to different distribution companies. Mm-hmm. So I would say you have to be strategic. You have to have a plan. You can't just expect... Because you have a success story, 
for everything to fall into place. You have to be proactive mm-hmm. to capitalize on that success story. I would say capitalize on your success. Yeah. Always, always prepare for success. And how did you sort of make that transition from sort of actor to writer? And was it because you kind of wasn't getting the roles you wanted? No, I just needed to do it because I wasn't getting any roles whatsoever. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't getting enough roles, I wasn't getting enough auditions and mm-hmm. uh, also I was at university studying law, like and so I had stuff to do mm-hmm. over time. Like imagine like, you know, like one minute you're studying law at a you know, big a tough uni and the next minute <laughs> You've got like lots of free time in your hands because you're waiting for auditions. So I needed something to occupy my time. And had you sort of made that sort of transition in your mind that obviously you had this law degree behind you, you probably you've done well, you're obviously a high grade student. Did you not just think, Oh, maybe I'll I'll go into law or was you always in your mind that no no no, I'm a creative at heart, I'm gonna I was do gonna that. give it a go. I was gonna always give acting and film a go. Mm-hmm. And you know, what was your sort of out then? If that was the case, what would be the point where you was like, actually, if, how long was you going to give it? I'm, I'm giving it now till Faye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I still can leave. Like, you know, it's, I've got a law degree from a good duty. I still can leave. But and now I've got a family. So life changes, you know. Life takes on different... Life takes on different textures over mm-hmm. time. Like, you know, if I, like when I came out of uni, it was... Um, it was like, oh, I'm not working enough. So I essentially had to create, outside of acting, I've always had acting agents, but outside of that, I had to create a career outside of that for myself in filmmaking and producing. Yeah. And so now I'm doing quite well like, as a producer. Like, I'm probably doing better, like, even behind the scenes. People don't really know. I'm probably doing better as a producer at the moment than I am as an actor but people don't know that because people know me as an actor and also when you take on a behind the scenes role it's not as prominent do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so people don't really know all the all the different moves that you're making and so um, I I um, I suppose what I'm trying to say is I I'm drawing a blank now I lost my you saw the fact that you kind of like diversified you didn't kind of put all your eggs yeah, into one basket I, I, and so and so for me i think that's that's imperative i think that's you have to do that you have to diversify and my my exit would be i could go into like producing like for a big production company or like for broadcast or for whatever now i can because i've got enough experience to apply for that type of work so i can still work in the industry behind the scenes if i want to or i can go back to law whenever i want like and so i'm really like you, the best thing you can do in life, like what I say to young people all the time, the best thing you can do, like I tell every young person, do well in school, and they look at me like I'm mad. I tell them, <laughs> do well in school, because what that does is that that gives you the options in life. Mm-hmm. Doing well in school is not the end or be all in life. Like most successful people didn't really do well in school. They dropped out of school. But what doing well in school does is that it gives you options. Mm-hmm. So I guess your degree in some ways kind of it's kind of like a safety net as well. It's kind of you know you've got that behind you if shit hits a fan, if you can't get the acting role, you can't produce something, you know you've got something to fall back on as well. Yeah, and you know, life happened, you know, like like I was saying to you, I got into acting almost by accident. You know, you don't like my plan was to go to uni mm-hmm. and study law. 
Mm-hmm. And do you get what I'm saying? And yeah. get a job in the legal sector. My plan wasn't to, you know, wasn't to, um, wasn't to go into acting. Yeah. But, you know, life happens. And, and how is you, you, we were talking about uh, diversification a little bit. And um, how how in, just how important do you think it is, particularly for actors at the moment, to really kind of because there's this, there's always this argument of you know should you master one skill or should you you know be you know what as you to, can? Be, to be honest I would say I would say actors people that do really well in acting just act right people that go on they just act like go to all the different classes go and watch plays go um like. But for me, because I've got other skill sets, mm-hmm. I just, I feel like, you know, I can't just act. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, you need money to do it. Like, to properly, for me, if I wanted to just act, I would, like, you need lots of money. Mm-hmm. You really need money because um, the reason I say that is because, um, you know, to do it properly, you know, I, if I was to be an actor full-time now... I would need to, I would want to go to classes regularly, mm-hmm. acting classes. I would want to do um, um, accents, like accent classes. Yeah. I would want to, I would go to the theatre a lot. I would like go to the cinema a lot. Like that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, what would you say to and, the actor? And so I, I would say, I would say to the actor that can't afford that, like, you know, acting as many short films as you can, like, and really own your craft, like, before you try to get into other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I necessarily did it. Like, I'm not, this is me actually saying, don't do what I've done. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, don't, because it doesn't make sense for everyone. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would say, yeah, you can produce, you can do all of that. But if you're new, if you're, no one knows you, like, the only reason I was able to get my film made is because... I had done stuff like do you get what I'm saying right. not because not because I was um I was um like the best writer in the world or the best director in the world mm-hmm. the only reason I got those opportunities was because I had done stuff I'd done other stuff yeah and you you use that almost as as the platform rather than the the success yeah, itself exactly you can't unless you're amazing actor mm-hmm you might as well just perfect that. Do you know what I mean? Because like, if you haven't done kiddohood or adulthood and all of that stuff, you just be, be like writing scripts that may or may not get made. Yeah. Or if you've got a friend that, you know, another way to do it is to write scripts, write roles for yourself. Put yourself in challenging roles. And you've got people that direct or people that have um, a camera crew around you. Take advantage of that. So that's part one. Yep. Of the Femi interview. <laughs> Next week we'll be giving you part two. Because we're teasers like that. Hope you enjoyed that one, and that's enough to kind of get you to come back and want to listen in. Of course it is. Of course it's enough. You know, I'm just saying. Great it. interview. But if you want to play with us between shows, head on over to Twitter at pn underscore podcast. Send us a tweet. Tell us what you thought about part one. Yeah. Maybe tweet something, a quote, something um, Femi said that just stood out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can uh, you can even tweet Femi. Femi O'Neill. How, how do you spell that? It's F E 
F for Freddy, by the way. I'm not going to do all phonetics, that'd be ridiculous. But it's F-E-M-I-O-Y-E-N-I-R-A-N. And he doesn't go on Facebook often. No. So hit him up on Twitter. Twitter is the best place to grab him. He's a lovely guy. I'm sure he'll tweet you back. If not, he might have proved me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So hope you enjoyed the first part. The second part will be coming next week, so stay tuned. It'll be going out at 7am Friday. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. We love you long time, and we will see you next week for part two of Femi O'Neill.